Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, this is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Thanks for listening. Our show is brought to you in part every week by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspectech. Uh, if you're in the market for a new home or thinking of upgrading uh, or maybe thinking of selling, if you need an opinion from experts in the areas of insurance, mortgages, or building inspection, these are great guys to chat with. Denise, Carrie, and Carrie, uh, their contact information can be found on our page on the CFAX 1070 website. Look under Shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. Their contact information is all there, or you can always find me online or on social media. I'd be happy to introduce you. My background as your host for this hour and for all the weeks we've been on air is as a locally born and raised Victorian. I've been selling homes here for over 27 years, and I've overseen over 2,500 transactions locally. So I've seen almost every situation you can imagine. If you need a seasoned professional for your real estate needs or another opinion, you can always contact me, again, either through the CFAX website or through my own website. We are the Prime Real Estate Team. It is primeteam.ca. There are so many fun toys and gadgets for around your home. Today we'll have with us Ron Sharing from Industrial Plastics and Paints. Plus, we'll be talking about electric cars and in-home charging stations with Julian Sale from Motorize. But we'll start our show, as we always do, with our weekly listener question. If you have a question uh, or something that you'd like to talk about real estate-wise on our show, give us a call. Our hotline number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or again, find us online on the CFAX 1070 website, and we'll discuss discuss it on the air. We had an email from Tara this week. Tara says... There's a house I'd like to buy, but we have a house to sell. Why can't we make an offer subject to the sale of our house? Thank you for the question, Tara. Uh, we, I think we covered this uh, a little while ago, but it is a topic that comes up quite often, and, and it seems to be something that people are most concerned about at the point in time when it affects them. Um, the market has changed. You know, back in 2016, 2017, early part of 2018, when the market was really busy, uh, an owner could be pretty pretty self-assured that they would be able to sell their house uh, in a day or two at a, at a high dollar. So if they found a house they wanted to buy, they could just buy that house without a condition. Risky, by the way. But they could do that knowing that their house would sell and everything would be fine. Now, Things have since gone sort of back to normal, the way the markets typically are. It takes longer to sell a house. It doesn't take just a couple of hours. It takes days, sometimes weeks. Uh, we have, by the way, recently been selling houses that have been on the marketplace for uh, 70, 90, 110 days. So where that at a hot marketplace was deemed to be uh, old or stale stock today, it's just normal again. But on one hand, for Tara, it means that there is more inventory to, to find. There's more things to see. Uh, but it is a double-edged sword because it also means that selling your house will be a little more difficult. So what you've brought up is this thing called a, uh, well, the condition subject to the sale of your house. Uh, it is attached to what is called a time clause. Now, when you think about it, think about yourself as a seller. If you were a home seller and somebody came to you and said, I want to buy your house, but I need to sell my house first. So I'm going to make it subject to the sale of my house at 1234 Bay Street. 
you as a seller, you're not going to want to agree to that because it means you're going to tie your house up until such time as that person sells the house on Bay Street. As a seller, you want the opportunity to look at other uh, offers as well, too. You want the ability to consider... Uh, other, you, basically, you want to be able to sell to the first person that has the ability to buy your house. So that's why there's something called a time clause. And a time clause is basically a right of first refusal. So you would make that offer subject to the sale of your house, but you would add uh, 6, 12, 24, 48, 72 hours, whatever you negotiate, where the buyer says, listen, Mr. Seller, you go ahead you still have your house in the market because, of course, I have my house to sell. And if you do find another buyer in the meantime, then give me six hours or 12 hours or whatever to decide if I want to proceed with the sale, meaning I would need to remove my conditions and take the risk. Or my other option would be to walk away. So that does exist, Tara. This is a tool that's been around for a very long time. But I have to warn you about this. And, you know, your email said... Uh, why can't we make an offer subject to the sale of your house? I'm guessing maybe your agent has given you the advice that it's not a good thing to do. And uh, the reality is it is not a strong offer. So if you make this offer to your seller, to the seller of this house you want to buy, and say that uh, you've you've got to sell your house first, it's not attractive because for them, they would probably prefer to wait until somebody else comes along who doesn't need to sell their house, maybe doesn't have a house to sell, has money in the bank, has cash in hand, or has the ability to fully commit to their home without having to sell their home first. See, the other thing too, Tara, is even if you do get this offer accepted, the fact is that house is still in the market, which means that they can consider any other offer, and there's a really high chance that you would end up getting bumped anyways. You know, there's nothing worse than having the hope that you're going to buy this house that you've been thinking about. Uh, and you've got, you've done your building inspection, by the way, so you've spent the money for that. You spent the money for an appraisal, um, you know, at least $1,000 worth of cost associated there. And then you're waiting for your house to sell. And if your house doesn't sell, somebody else comes by, bumps your offer. You're not only out of pocket for the money that you've spent, but the other thing too is you've lived in hope for weeks thinking that you've secured this house only finding out that somebody else is going to end up owning and living in your dream home. The only way to assure that you're going to end up getting that house is to be able to buy it without that condition. And again, I said a moment ago, it's risky. You would need to make sure that you have financing in place. The ideal is not that you would end up having both houses. You never want to own two houses at the same time. Um, But you want to have the financing in place in the event that the wheels fell off and you had to fully commit. And if you have the ability to financially pull that off and to commit to that house, then you don't need that offer subject to the sale of your home. Because the other thing about that offer is the seller might consider subject to the sale of your house. But the thing is, they wouldn't because you're in a weak negotiating position there, you also are not able to negotiate on price. Because I'll tell you this, uh, a seller would pick any day a lower offer, a lower clean offer that did not have that condition versus a higher full price offer with a subject to offer. It's just not that attractive. And uh, again, I, I'm, I'm guessing that maybe that's the advice that you've gotten. And it's not that you can't make that offer. It's an option for you. You can try it. But if you really, really have the idea that you want to move either, either to that house or to another house, I would really recommend that you go and talk to your banker or talk to your uh, mortgage broker and get financing in place for that circumstance, as I said, uh, if 
the if another offer does come, and you want to make sure that you can fully commit. Now, the other thing, too, is if you're going to go that route, again, it's risky, but you want to make sure that you negotiate a really long completion date on the next house because it gives you time uh, to get all of your affairs in order. The bottom line is it's always best to have your house sold. Get your house sold first even before you start looking. And I know that sounds risky, too. Some people say, well, you know, what? I don't want to be homeless. What happens if I can't find my next home? You know what the funny thing is? As long as what you're looking for is readily available. If you're looking for a standard house in a marketplace, an area that has a fair amount of churn, you know, a fair amount of turnaround, it's funny how it always seems to work out where when our clients sell their house first, they always find the next house coming up. A lot of things to consider, but consider your risks. Always take the advice of your real estate professional uh, and to your mortgage broker or banker uh, and or financial planner as well, too. It's a really big decision here, and there's so many things to consider. Thank you for your email, Tara. And for everyone else, I'd like to hear about your real estate stories. Is there anything that you've bumped into out there as you're buying or selling? Or if you have any questions uh, about the process itself, let's talk about it here on air. You can call us, 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or find us uh, on the CFAX 1070 website. By the way, uh, most of or all of our recently recorded shows are streaming on our CFAX website. So you can always listen there. Or if you're a podcast listener, go to iTunes or Google Play. You can find us, The Whole Home Show, with me, Tony Joe. So you can listen at your pleasure because there's always such great content here, including today. We're going to be talking about uh, nifty toys and gadgets for your home and also uh, electric vehicles and how they are really becoming very popular. I am an electric car uh, user and driver myself, and we're going to be talking more about that after our break. We're going to take a break right now, back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We have with us right now Ron Sharing. Ron is the general manager of Industrial Plastics and Paints. Ron has been here before. Ron, thanks for coming back. Uh, you're welcome, Tony. Good to be back. Yeah, you know, Ron, the reason why we like having you here is because you've got so much fun stuff in your shop. But before we begin, because you've, you've got a whole bunch of things laid out here on our desk uh, in the studio, um, tell listeners about industrial plastics, because I, I think it's a spot that maybe some people haven't visited yet. Yeah, we've been around for uh, almost 70 years. Uh, we've evolved into uh, a sort of a specialty hardware store just from uh, our roots. Um, I spend a lot of time each year going to trade shows, uh, looking for new products and products with uh, with appeal for uh, consumers. Uh, consumers. Yeah, so um, we're uh, we're located at uh, Cloverdale and Oak, uh, lots of parking and easy access. That is nice. You do have lots of parking there, and I got to say, every time I pop in to visit you, I, I it's it's like a it's a toy store for adults. There's just so much stuff. You know, um, I have needed things like uh, uh, pieces of sheets of plexiglass for whatever, and you've got that stuff. Yeah, we cut the size. Yeah, and you you have you you carry so many things in stock, and it's not just plastic. You carry paints as well too, hardware. Yeah. Um, uh, for boaters, your upstairs has got a lot of great stuff. Yes. Yeah, we've got that uh, side of the business as well. Yeah, um, storage containers, tote um, containers. Man, you've you've got them all there. We do. 
Yeah. So uh, tell us what you have there, Ron. Well, the first thing, uh, it's, it's topical right now because of the rain that we've been having this winter. Yep. Uh, it's a, a quick dam. Um, this is a tube of uh, material that you just lay down, say, in front of your garage door or somewhere where you, water could be coming in. Uh, when the water hits it, it swells and creates a dam. Um, when you're finished, when, it's, when the flood is, uh, is over, yeah. uh, you just dry it out, roll it back up, and store it for the next time. Okay, so, you know, it's funny you bring this right now because we have a house in South Oak Bay, and it is common where uh, under heavy rain, because it's an older house, and it has one of those drive, uh, sorry, those garages that is in the basement of the house. It goes down, yeah. It goes down, and uh, when there is heavy rain, they get a little bit of seepage through the door, and uh, they have tried replacing the seal of the door, I mean, it's an older house. The drainage isn't quite the same as they yeah. build houses today. I think this here would be fantastic. So basically, it's a it's a long tube that goes in front of the uh, in front of the door and it diverts the water, right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Now it, it looks like so it's something that um, you just leave there during the season. It's not like you need to pick it up when you're driving your car in and out of the garage or something, right? No, you could you could drive over it. Yeah. 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 Okay. It comes in different lengths, or uh, it does come in different lengths. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Well, um, just another great example about some of the fun stuff that uh, that you have at your shop there. It is. Yeah. Uh, what else you got there? Um, this is also topical with the earthquakes that we've been having. It's called museum wax. Okay. Basically, it's a clear, uh, kind of like a gel, um, almost like plasticine. But uh, it will uh, help you keep all of your dishes and fine uh, things in place if in the event of an earthquake. It's also great for use, use on boats because... Um, it's not permanent, so you could, uh, you know, keep your dishes in, and things in place when you're traveling, uh, and then just uh, use them. Oh, okay, so it's, it it's it's basically a tub. It looks like a tub of ointment. So what what is it? Uh? It's like a it's like a wax. Okay, and you put it like in between your plates or something. Well, or? no, you put it down on the on the surface. On okay, the, on the. Uh, Oh, shelf. so it doesn't shift. And, uh, and then you shift. set your, your thing in it so it doesn't shift, yes. Oh, interesting. Um, we, we sell this X to, to lots of museums uh, when they're putting uh, displays together so that they don't move around at all. Yeah, so if you, like, for instance, if you lean something up, like, in a cabinet so it doesn't shift in. And, Correct. Uh, oh, I got it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, because you wouldn't be able to see it. It's a, it's a sort of transparent, uh, like I said, it looks like an ointment. Yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. Yeah. Man, I mean, who thinks about these things? Well, uh, the, this has been around for years and years because it, it is museum wax, but it's used uh, because of earthquakes as well for the average uh, consumer. Yeah, because, you know, any sort of little tremor, uh, you, you think about uh, your china cabinet. Yeah. You think about stuff or, or you know, trinkets in a cabinet or whatever. Correct. Um, you don't want them uh, uh, shifting or falling over or whatever. That's yep. it's really interesting. Yeah, and it doesn't, uh, it, it appears like it doesn't make any sort of mess or anything. It's no, just, not at all. No. Okay. Just roll it up with your finger to take it off and yeah. throw it away. Okay. Okay. What so else? The next product, uh, what's really hot right now in the, in, uh, the counter and tabletop market is uh, uh, live edge uh, wood tops. So these are uh, uh, slabs of wood that have the original live edge on them, the bark edge on one of side. Of course, yes. And um, people are also taking two of those live edges and putting them face to face, and creating uh, like a river um, down the middle of the table, the for instance. Table. Yeah. So we sell uh, EasyCast epoxy. We actually sell all the products for uh, doing that. But this EasyCast epoxy would give you um, either a clear, or you can add a colorant to it. 
Yeah. Uh, many of the, the, the rivers are obviously blue. Um, and it, it's a solid, when it's done, it's a solid uh, cast. Looks just like water, water yeah. clear, except if you add a, a color to it. Um, and, and then you, we have another product that you put over top to give the table uh, its finish. Yes. Okay, so you know, I, I actually, because I've seen this before, and I, I need to maybe describe this a little bit more to to our listeners here. Um, you you've seen uh, it's sort of like rustic uh, furniture where they they t they take um, like you said uh, um, uh, rough pieces of wood, and um, you, you place it so there's a gap between the two pieces, and and you pour this in the middle, so you end up with um, what looks like a river between the two pieces of wood, right? Correct. Sometimes they even put rocks in the bottom of it to make it even more like a, yeah. a river. Yeah. So this is—is is this easy to uh, easy to apply? Yeah. Or? This is a, a, a. One time we we used a polyester resin. Uh, this is an epoxy resin, which doesn't have the smell of uh, polyester. Yeah. So uh, it's easy on the nose, and uh, easy to use um, uh, because it's a, a one to one mix. You know, this is another example of some of the great stuff that you have because uh, I've also seen in your shop as well. You can, um, you've got like casting. Uh, um, uh, if you have like a little statue or something that you want to duplicate, you can uh, um, you can get the stuff at your shop. Yes, yes, we have uh, smooth on products uh, for making molds and and castings of any sort. The movie industry uses it uh, a lot. Yeah, um, it, it also can replicate. Uh, skin and faces, so you can put your hand. You put it in your hand, on your hand, and it won't hurt you. Yeah. Then hardens up, and then you get a reproduction of the hand or whatever uh, body part you want. <laughs> okay. <to> reproduce. <laughs> All right. Who'd have thought? We're here uh, talking to Ron Sharing. Ron's the general manager at Industrial Plastics and Paint. Now we've got a box there. What is this? Well, the next product is one uh, that we just found. Um, you've seen the guys on the highways uh, filling the cracks in, uh, in pavement yep. with a, a tar-like material and then a torch to uh, yeah. melt it in place. They're doing that to stop the, uh, the water from getting in there and making the crack uh, even bigger and more, more of a problem. Yeah, because when water gets in and it freezes, then it, uh, yeah. yeah. It opens it up and, and it just flows through there and it's just because a, 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 a greater problem than if you nip it in the bud. So um, this product is that product in a ribbon. Oh, so it's yeah. like a ribbon of, uh, of tar. Okay. You press it in the hole, and then you just take a torch and, and uh, melt it to the surface, and it does exactly the same oh, thing. Well, let me have a look at that. It's the same thing the guys are doing on, on the highways. Well, it is a ribbon of t That is really interesting. So it looks like it's uh, it's it's easy to apply. I guess that's kind of one of one of the things that you look for is things that are easy for consumers to apply, right? But problem solving. We I look for things when I go to the trade shows that will solve problems that I believe uh, our consumers have. Yeah, and uh, it does things like expansion joints, and you can use it where uh, asphalt uh, um, uh, comes up to concrete. That's really nifty. But you need your torch. You just need a torch, just a a, a propane torch, which you sell as well too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I love it. Yeah, this is really cool. I can think of uh, many, uh, many uh, uses for this. Again, a lot of these older houses that we see, they have, um, you know, what's common is on the driveway where the retaining wall meets the driveway. You know, that crack there is often one that uh, that needs attention. And then it fills with uh, plants uh, yep. uh, of, of the wrong kind. So, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, and, and uh, it seems like people people tend to use the wrong material for that. 
Yeah, it's, it's because it, I, this material hasn't been available. I, I, I'm we were really surprised to find it. We've we have caulkings, but yep. not something like this that you heat up and it actually flows into the crack. Wow, that's really interesting. Okay, yeah, it looks like there's a there's a fair amount of material in here. And like, how much is something like this? Ooh. That's can't, a, can't remember. That's a, I can't remember. Okay. What the price is. It's not that expensive, actually. Yeah. Was, now, you can find this stuff online, right? Your website? Yes. yes. Uh, buyindustrial.ca. Buyindustrial.ca. Got it. Well, listen, um, Ron, we got to take a quick break here. You've still got more stuff to show us, but when we come back, we're going to pick it up uh, with Ron Sharing at Industrial Plastics and Paint. Back in a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hey, everyone. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're talking about nifty gadgets and toys and things for your house. And we've been talking with Ron Sharing, the general manager of Industrial Plastics and Paints. Uh, Ron, just before the break, we were talking about this uh, blacktop crack filler, which I think is great. Um, and I think a lot of our listeners with older homes uh, will need that because driveways or uh, sidewalks or walking paths need that help every once in a while. Definitely. Uh, what else have we got there? Well, my next product, again, is uh, topical. Um, this is a reusable auto dehumidifier. Oh, so many with our climate, our wet climate, uh, and we have um, lots of moisture in the air, the interior of cars get, uh, the windows get steamed up on the inside just from sitting overnight. Yeah. Uh, you put this product in your car and that won't happen. Every one of my young staff members have this. Really? And are using it. Okay. Once it gets uh, uh, so that it's uh, soaked up uh, the moisture, take it in the house, throw it in the microwave, and it's ready to go again. Put it back in your car. Oh, you're day. kidding! So when you when you're using this, uh, it it eliminates or, or minimizes it the amount eliminates. of eliminates. You're kidding! No. Wow, that is pretty neat, and it, it's not very big either. No, it's just a little pouch about uh, four inches by six inches. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because I'm used to seeing what was that other product that dries the air? Dries air. Yeah. Yeah, but we sell that as well. But it, it's like it's a pot that you've got to put in the... the yeah. yeah, and okay. you've got to replenish it. This, you just throw in the microwave to dry it out, yeah. take the moisture out, and uh, put it back in the car again. Cool, cool. And what else we got there? Uh, next one is uh, Rot Fix. Uh, again, this time of year, we get a lot of moisture. Uh, we sell just an, an incredible amount of this to, um, to painters for fixing the windowsills uh, in Victoria. We have a lot of heritage houses. Uh, with windowsills that end up uh, rotting. Yep. So it's a very thin epoxy that gets brushed into the um, old old wood, yep. uh, solidifies the wood, and then you go ahead and paint over top of it. Oh. Easy to use, easy to mix. Yeah, so basically a coating. Uh, well, it's actually more of a coating. It's a, a solidifier. It actually goes right into the to the uh, punky wood and, and re-solidifies the wood. Yeah, and that would be very helpful for, again, you have a character house and, you know, you could look at replacing that wood trim, but sometimes character detail, you don't want to do that, right? That's correct, yes. Yeah. And, and we do have a companion product to this um, that's the filler part. Mm -hmm. So this this uh, reconstitutes the wood, uh, and then we have a, an epoxy filler that you would rebuild the area that, that has disintegrated. Well, you know, uh, looking at the stuff that you have on the table here, this is a great example of all of the things. Like, you, uh, your shop is basically a uh, it's a smorgasbord of everything that you need around the house. If you've got a problem, come to Industrial Plastics. Chances are we'll have a product there to help you out. Yeah, yeah. What else you got in your in your bag there? Well, the next one is, uh, is a, it's Borrow Cook. Now, this is a container yeah. that... Um, 
uh, you can. Um, Next time we'll need a bigger table for you, by the way. A bigger, yeah, you'll need a bigger <laughs> right. table. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, a container that you can cook without heat. What? Uh, it is, let me just get it out of the box here because you'll get a better idea of it. Yeah. So it's a container with a snap top lid. Yeah. And, and an inner container. Yeah, so it kind of looks like a, like a microwave device, except for the fact that there's metal in here. That's right, yeah. yeah. So there's the metal insert. Yeah. In the bottom, it's a, a plastic container. Uh, it's clear. Container, clear. Yeah. We, th we throw in a pouch uh, once we opened it up. Yeah. We pour in water. There's a chemical reaction with the, the product that's in the pouch and the water. We put the metal tin back in, yeah. put our food in there. You can boil eggs. You can cook. Uh, spaghetti, soup, whatever you want in there. Put the lid back on, leave it for about five minutes, and you're ready for a hot meal. Wow. Okay. So now, can you can you get replacements for that uh, uh, pouch there? Oh or? yes, yes. We have those. We even have um, the pouches that will go in a pouch. So <laughs> if you're backpacking, you don't need this container. Yeah. Um, we have a a pouch that you just put your food in in a plastic bag. Put your um, your activating pouch in, pour in some water, close it up, and uh, so you've seen this in action, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. And does it get hot? Yeah, it, uh, it does get hot. It, it you can boil an egg, and it's it, the water is boiling. Okay, that is the neatest thing, and I'm gonna say that's probably a good thing to have around your house for um, emergency preparedness. Again, yeah, emergency preparedness or for hiking. Uh, yeah. And even even take it to work if you're work on a, working on a work site where you don't have access to a microwave, any, a microwave or, or anything. Yeah, you can uh, cook a meal. Wow. Okay, so all you need is some water. The water activates the uh, uh, the stuff that's in the pouch. It's a lime is yeah. what is is what is in the pouch. It's a, a lime and then some other products. Okay, interesting. All right. <laughs> what, anything else there, Ron? Oh, you know me. Yeah. <laughs> you just keep something going. else. So this product is manufactured in Vancouver. It's called D-Rust. So you, and it's water-based and uh, um, non-corrosive. Mm -hmm. But it, uh, rust doesn't like it. So you can put this in a bucket and say you had a rusty chain uh, for your boat. Yep. Put the chain in the bucket, leave it for, um, I think it's two hours, uh, and then take the chain out, hose it off, and it's a perfectly... Like new. Like new. Wow. So okay. this will take rust off anything. And a lot of the products that you carry, I know, because I've used your uh, moss demossing for the roof. A lot of your products uh, are natural, so there's, there's, you know, they're, they're good for the environment. Right? Yeah, we are, we are look, looking for products that are good for the environment, definitely. Wow. Well, listen, Ron, if people uh, need to come down to the shop, where is it again? Uh, 776 Cloverdale Avenue. It's on uh, the, the corner, corner of Clover. Oak. Yeah. And Oak. Cool. Right? Yeah. Great. And a phone number? 727-3545. Uh, and, and you can uh, go online as well to? Uh, goindustrial.ca or yeah. buyindustrial.ca. Great. Well, don't go anywhere, Ron. Uh, we are going to be having a chit-chat with Julian Sale from Motorize, who is also in the studio right now. Uh, Julian, thanks for uh, for coming back. Good morning, Tony. Yeah. So you were, Now, it's been a while since you were here. You yeah. are the local expert uh, on e-vehicles, uh, e uh, electric cars. This is true. Yeah. Um, your dealership is where? Motorize, your EV store out in Sydney, just across from Slag Lumber. Perfect. Perfect. And how long have you been there? 
almost 10 years now. Great. Now, are you still doing the Souk to Sydney Drive every day? No, no, I've uh, relocated to Langford, so my commute's down to 40 minutes now. But still, you do it in your uh, whatever car you have. It was a Leaf last time I spoke with you. and Yeah, you, still a Leaf now. And you go back and forth, and, and you're not using any fuel at all? No, none whatsoever. Okay. All right. What are people looking for nowadays in, uh, in uh, e-vehicles? Well... Because things have changed. Even in, even in the year or so since you've been here, technology changes. You know, there's there's more range nowadays. There's certainly a lot more selection now. Yeah, cars are going up in range. There's a lot of new entries coming into the market, which are going to give us over 400K per, uh, per charge, which is an important factor for a lot of people. Yeah. Not that the average consumer actually needs 400K on a Especially charge. Especially in Victoria here, right? Yeah, pe- people need far less than they think. However, uh, the way consumers think is, you know, I better buy something that would cover me in all scenarios. Mm-hmm. So longer range cars uh, appeal to the masses uh, to, to a greater degree, for sure. Because one of the things that people have when they first get their uh, their EV is range anxiety, right? Well, it's traditionally called range anxiety. We like to call it poor planning. Okay, um, yes. But uh, it, there really is no such thing as range anxiety. I mean, I've, I've driven 45,000 kilometers a year in, a, in a, an electric car that has almost the smallest battery you can get. Yeah. And I've only been stranded three times and over five years, and those were all due to poor planning. So yeah. can't really blame the car on that. Well, people get stranded in a traditional car anyways. It happens, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Um, your uh, your dealership, so because uh, you import vehicles, you sell cars. We import some of them. We used to bring them all in from the U.S., but now there's a lot of lease returns coming back from uh, primarily Nissan as well as Tesla now also. Oh. There's a lot of local Vancouver and Victoria stuff that we bring in for stock as well. Yeah, and of course, anything local. I mean, we all know that vehicles in the West Coast are the best vehicles to buy in Canada, right? The left coast is the best coast. Yes. Uh, you know, cars don't have, uh, you know, we don't have snow. We don't have salt in the ground. Um, you know, the, the seasons are good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, our durability is pretty good on the West Coast. It's a it's a happy place for electric vehicles, too, because our climate is really good for electric, uh, well, for, for batteries in general. So we get a lot, a lot of service life out of electric vehicles here. You know, we've got to take a quick break here, but we're chatting right now with uh, Julian Sale from Motorize. We're talking about uh, electric vehicles and uh, other things around your home. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for tuning in. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a conversation about electric vehicles with Julian Sale from Motorize. Uh, thanks again for coming, Julian. Thank you. Great. So, uh, of course, it's a real estate show, and, uh, you know, the, why are we talking about cars right now? One of the things that I enjoy as an EV uh, owner, I have a BMW i3, I've had it for a while now, is the fact that I can just plug this thing in in my house. In fact, I plug it in every two days. Um, you know, the i3 doesn't have a ton of range, but you don't need a lot here in Victoria. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of highway driving or, or things like that. Um, t- uh, tell us about uh, in-home charging stations, because you take care of those too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly. Um, that technology is pretty basic. Essentially, at-home charging stations are just an appliance that uh, delivers AC, 240-volt power supply to your car. And then the charging station is actually located inside the car. So we call the, the home-mounted unit an EVSE, mm-hmm. which is uh, short for Electric Vehicle Supply Equipment. So there's uh, there, there's quite a selection of them. We're starting to see a transition towards smart home chargers, which uh, which have the ability to, to transmit data back and forth to, uh, to a network. So in the future, we might see things like uh, vehicle energy being shared with the grid and whatnot, which would require a smart EVSE. But, uh, yeah, there's generally two camps. Your dumb charger, which is just an appliance like a blender. You plug it in, it does its thing. You unplug it, it's done. 
Uh, and then the smart chargers, which are which are networked, and they're becoming pretty popular now. Uh, and I think we're going to see a lot of communication expansion in those, which uh, homeowners might be able to take advantage of. Okay, so I've got to admit, I have because it's it's been a while. Now. I I bought my uh, my charging station before I met you. So mm-hmm. I you know I uh, next time I will ask you for advice as I have mm-hmm. uh, since. Um, so I bought this Wi-Fi enabled unit. It mm-hmm. has the ability to tell me on my app. I never use this, by the way. Mm-hmm. So I paid this extra money for something I never use. Don't feel bad. Most people don't. Okay. At this point. Um, but there, it also has the ability to uh, charge the car at what um, off peak times of uh, electricity. Now, is that an issue here in British Columbia, BC Hydro? Uh, it's not currently um, BC Hydro cons- like consumers consumption of electricity in BC is trending downward right now. Okay. Uh, so we're not worried about EVs using power right now. But in some jurisdictions, we have cheaper power at night during off-peak times. Are we talking in Canada or? Yeah, in Ontario, there's a few areas that uh, that operate that way. In British Columbia, we have a couple of tiers of pricing, but it's all based on how much how many kilowatt hours you consume during the course of the month. And once you exceed a threshold, then you pay a, a higher rate. Yeah. But uh, we don't have cheaper charging at night but um and we're not likely to get that either in, in so British i've got Columbia. this great feature i probably will not be using <laughs> well essentially the, the the feature that you paid for with the wi-fi connectivity or yeah. some of them don't use wi-fi some of them actually use your wiring in your house as an antenna it's kind of a different sort of setup yeah. but uh the connectivity uh is helpful for a few reasons number one uh if you're sharing hydro with somebody else and, and you want to know exactly how much power Oh. Uh, you put into your vehicle. Yeah. The connected uh, charge system will allow you to monitor how much how much you've consumed for so you can manage billing and whatnot. Well, that might be interesting in a Strata, for instance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're getting a lot of inquiries right now from Stratas. Uh, the BC Utilities Commission has just uh, passed something called uh, the Right to Charge, which allows uh, Stratas to actually bill for energy that goes out through an EVSE. So it's now easier for Stratas to implement a paid charging infrastructure within their parking garages so they can service the needs of their residents. Because that has been one of the uh, the, the sensitive points is there might be one EV user in the Strata, and the question is why should they... Why yeah. should they subsidize one driver? Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you've got this uh, little bit of a pricing disparity. So a traditional unit like you have at, at your place, anywhere from, say, 600 to $1,500 for a traditional home charge station, whereas a unit that's capable of uh, uh, authenticating people with an RFID card or an app, something that is connected to a network that handles billing, yeah. uh, you'll pay between three dollars and $4,000 to buy one of those units. Yeah. So if the strata wants to look after their financial interests and make sure that they're not losing any money in, in, in revenue from the use of this charging station, they want to buy a commercial unit, which blows the price way up. You know, you're sure. 3500 bucks to buy a unit plus install costs. So a lot of strata councils have said, no, it's far too complicated. We're not doing it. Now uh, they can charge people for the power, whereas prior to the BCUC um, decision uh, about a month ago, uh, nobody, unless they were a utility, could actually sell power. Oh, so this yeah. is, so this is a really new legislation thing. now. Yeah, Interesting. Okay. So, okay. And and talking about the install too, because because listeners need to know this is it's not a big deal to install one of these units in your home. Well, it depends where you are. Um, I've I just met a customer over in Fernwood that had to have uh, 150 feet of conduit run uh, to power a station and had to have an individual meter put on that to satisfy the needs of her strata. Oh, it's a strata, yeah. Yeah, it's okay. a single level strata that's kind of spread out. Interesting layout, but uh, yeah. yeah, EV drivers are usually quite passionate folks, and when they want to have an EV, they're going to do whatever it takes Find to make it happen. Find a way. Yeah, yeah. But but really, you know, the all it needs is an outlet. People are familiar with that, uh, basically a uh, a clothes dryer outlet. 
Yeah, some people hardwire them, uh, so there's there's you can't see a plug of any kind. You just run the wire inside the wall. There's a, a, a receptacle box in the wall, and your charger unit mounts on the top of that, so you don't see anything. Mm -hmm. Other people feel more comfortable with a unit that has a dedicated plug, which is called a NEMA 1450, mm -hmm. and that plugs into what looks like a, a dryer outlet. It's the same thing, essentially. Yeah. So there's a couple of different ways you can go about having a, a home charger installed, but by all means, any... Um, certified electrician will have no problem installing a charger, provided that the panel has enough um, space in it to that's, support that's that. That's the key. Yeah. Right. Because it could end up, if you're in a house that has 100 amp service and mm -hmm. you're fully loaded, you might need to upgrade your service, right? Well, I mean, nowadays, if you have a 100 amp service, you should be doing an upgrade regardless, because sooner or later, you're going to you're gonna need more power just to operate your house in general. However, there are some load sharing devices on the market now that allow people to uh, use a, a smart switch yeah. to power the EV uh, during non-peak hours. Yeah. Um, so, Or you can just use a charge timer um, so that you, you can't use a dryer and an oven at the same time that you're using your EV charger. Yeah. But anyway, the, anybody with a 200 amp panel should be fine. Um, I can't remember if I asked you this before, and you may not have this figure off the top of your head, but what are people paying for, like, to charge their leaf, for instance? Well, it's about two and a half cents per kilometer is uh, is the easiest way to break it down if you're paying the highest BC Hydro Tier 2 rate, which is 13.8 cents per kilowatt hour. Okay. So two and a half cents per kilometer is the going rate. And if you're driving a big, heavy Tesla, they consume a little bit more energy. You're closer to three cents. Okay. And if you're charging at work, you're paying 10.8 cents per kilowatt hour. So you're probably, you know, we'll call that two cents per kilometer. Okay. It's it's negligible. Yeah. So, you know, if you're, if uh, well, I mean, what's the quick math there? If you're doing 2,000, no, you don't. People do 2,000 kilometers. In Victoria, it's hard to do 2,000 kilometers a month. Um, yeah, I do. I do 4,000 kilometers a month. But <laughs> most people do way less than that. So, yeah. I mean, most people spend between 30 and 50 bucks a month on hydro. That's about normal. Yeah, wow. Yeah. You know, versus, uh, you know, the, your fuel bill, which might be 150 bucks a month or whatever. Yeah, you know, I wanted to tow a, a, a trailer around with a dirt bike on it on a car we just had traded in. It was a Subaru Forester, and I thought, I'm going to drive this thing around for a couple of weeks. And because uh, I was doing a lot of dirt biking with my son and I'm, I, I drove for two weeks. It was $80 a week for me to do uh, in that car. And that's a four cylinder car. It doesn't have a big engine, nope. um, but it cost me about 80 bucks a week to do what I could do in my leaf for, I don't know, 15 bucks a week. Yeah. There's a massive discrepancy in price between EVs and even a semi efficient gas car. Yeah. Well, on the other hand, you know, the cost of the, the car itself is is higher as well, too. But they seem to be um, becoming less expensive as time moves on. There's more options right now, as you mentioned. Well, you know, it's funny you say the price is higher, but if we look at the luxury car segment that the Model 3 dominates right now, um, the Model 3... That would be 3, the Tesla. Yeah, yeah, Tesla yeah the, the Tesla Model 3, which has just been out on the market for about a year now, uh, maybe a little bit less in Canada, I guess. Uh, it has totally obliterated the sales of the Mercedes C-Class, the BMW i3, the Audi A4, yeah. all the cars from the European manufacturers, including Cadillacs and whatnot, too. Um, which were the staples of those markets, the sort of smaller luxury performance car market, their sales all combined in the third quarter of 2018 didn't equal what Tesla sold just of their one unit. Yeah. So we're, we're seeing basically price parity uh, for a lot of these cars. The Nissan Leaf is uh, coming down in price a little bit. Um, we're starting to see the cost of the batteries come down quite a bit. Yeah. So manufacturers are getting uh, EVs down to the point where uh, people are looking at gas cars and looking at EVs and just saying, you know, I don't think I can swing the gas car anymore. People used to say, I don't think I can afford an EV. Yeah. Now people are saying, I don't think I can afford a gas car. Well, you know, I've got to tell you, my, my family, because we have, I have several cars in the garage and, you know, we've got the family SUV. Mm -hmm. um, we've also got the, uh, the electric BMW. And I got to say, when our family needs to go uh, running around and, and do errands and stuff, we always pick the, the little electric car. 
you're it's not just, alone. It's fun. Yeah, they are fun. Yeah. They're they're nice to drive, and it's a low stress uh, affair to, to drive an electric car. Yeah. If you get in a gas car and you see the fuel lights on, or it's got a quarter tank, how do you feel about that? It's not good. No. No, you get in the electric car, you're automatically full every time. You yeah. walk out the front door, you unplug the car, the car's full, you don't think twice about it, you just drive. Yeah. That's all people want to do. They just want to drive the car. Yeah, and for, and for anyone who has not experienced an electric car, have you driven an electric car, Corey? Oh, my goodness. You know what? It's it's instant torque. So you put the gas pedal down and because there's no, the, the, the engine doesn't Did you need say to gas pedal? Uh, when you pre- the accelerator, yeah, sorry, uh, it is just it is it is so much fun. We're here talking with Julian Sale from Motorize uh, about uh, EVs. One of the things that people uh, often are concerned about is safety. Uh, so again, we're talking about the um, again. What's what do you call the charging station at the house? The EVSE. The EVSE. Okay. Um, are there concerns about safety with the, with these units? Uh, I haven't heard any whatsoever. Um, As with any electrical appliance, it is important that everything meets code. Uh, So we recommend everybody uses a licensed, uh, you know, Red Seal qualified electrician to do the install. Uh, it's, it's not a complicated device. There is what's called a handshake protocol in between the EVSE and the car. So there's not actually any risk of, say, for example, a child that has a bucket of water sticking that handle in there. Yep. You know, if uh, an extension cord technically poses more of a risk when it's plugged into a live outlet because it is live at the end of the extension cord. Yep. Whereas the J1772 protocol, which is what your BMW uses for charging at home on yep. 120 and 240, those things don't have any live power at the end of the cable until they're plugged into the car. The car and the EVSE exchange oh, signals. Yeah. Then they close some contacts, which is just just a relay in the unit. You'll hear a click when you plug it into the car. Then they're energized and the car starts charging. Yeah. So they're inert until they're plugged in and communication begins. Yeah, so safe, absolutely. And it's so funny, you know. There's not much to the, to the EVSE. It's just a, you know, it basically it's, it's a box. E- yeah, it's an extension cord yeah. with a failsafe built in yeah. with a heavy duty cord and a high tech handle. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so for anyone who's interested in an EV, you've got to talk to Julian. And Julian, how can people reach you? Motorize.ca, or you can visit our store. You can follow us on Facebook. We're called Motorize Your EV Store. And spell that out, Motorize. M-O-T-O-R-I-Z-E, yeah. and then Your EV Store. Your EV Store. That's great. Thanks again for joining. Now, Ron, uh, sharing, you've got something here. We were talking about this Barrow Cook unit that I've got right here in my hands. It's this uh, little pot that you can cook with without using fuel, without using fire, right? Correct. Uh, and you would like to offer this to a listener, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so um, for our fr- the first caller that calls in and asks for Barrow Cook, uh, leave your name and number. The phone number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540, and it will be compliments of Ron Sharing at Industrial Plastics and Paints. And again, Ron, the location of the shop is? 776 Cloverdale Avenue. On the corner of Cloverdale and Oak Street with plenty of parking. Correct. So uh, if you would like this, call in. Thank you, Ron. And thank you, Julian, both of you, for coming back uh, and sharing your thoughts and sharing your specialities uh, here on our show, The Home Show with me, Tony Joe. For our listeners, we'll be uh, back here for you again this time next week. Thanks for coming.